Bearsing Podcast. Actually, I'm just going to skip the intro. Our guest today is our repeat guest, Brian Francisco, or Brian Primetime. What's going on, bro? How What's you up, doing? bro? Finally doing a live one, eh? <laughs> Jeez. I, you, see, you see the camera? Actually, I can't even see the flip. You can't screen. see it. Okay, so right now, we're doing a live pod with a brand new Sony A7S three, which was uh, Sony's full-frame camera that they just released. Was it last month? Yeah, when, when did month, they release about it? About a month ago, September 24th. No, more than a month, yeah. When was the Sony a7 III released? That was almost two years. So it's been two years? Yeah, almost two years. Maybe a year and a half, two years. Because okay. I got mine in the last uh, April, April 2019. Yeah. But that's been already out, right? So, yeah, but almost two years. So well worth the money? Yeah, it's really expensive though, bro. Yeah, I know. <laughs> now I, I sleep in the office now, you know, because I have a house. <laughs> I spent it all on my camera. What's uh, um? Yeah. What's the best feature you would say? About well, A7S three. The one feature that I've been wanting for a while is the, um, the flip screen, which is something that Sony. I don't know why Sony never had it. Well, they did for the A five thousand, A fifty one hundred, for like one camera, and then they for went A fifty. It's like an old camera that people use for like vlogging, but um, then they came out with the A six thousand series, which had like no flip screen. Yeah. Yeah. And it was so hard. It was so hard to film all the the vlogging type stuff, right? But um, yeah, that's the one thing. It's honestly, it's a game changer, bro. Just being able to oh, see man. yourself when you're vlogging and like just being able to flip the screen around is just yeah. such a big like. So, it so feels. Helpful. It feels so stupid that they didn't just jump on board with the fully articulating screen because, the Panasonic cameras did it. The Canon cameras did it. And even like the Fuji X-T4, I think the screen fully mm -hmm. articulates as well. It's like this screen where it just pops out and then you can kind of bend it diagonally. Mm -hmm. It's so stupid. I know they tried to do the flip up screen like with my Sony a6400, but I don't know. It, feel, it felt like such a huge mistake to me that you just didn't incorporate a flip screen that was like perfect. And everyone else used it, but why? Why didn't you use it too? I don't know. It just yeah, it just drives me nuts. I, I don't get it either, man. Like being able to like I don't know. It should be mandatory for all cameras, man. Yeah, being 100%. able to flip that thing over. Like I would take the the A sixty four hundred flip up than what they had on the other older. Yeah, than having man. no flip. The stock you're able to get. You gotta be able to see yourself. Yeah. There's a lot of yeah. the stuff that we create, the content we create. We kind of need to see yourself that way, right? So yeah, that's gonna have that feature, but um. They also have 4K 120 frames per second now, so I can do all that slow motion stuff and yeah, yeah. extra high quality. Um, or got 10 bit as well, so that means um, I can have more control over editing the how the final product looks, right? So just uh, yeah, those little actually they're not even little, they're like they're actually big massive, upgrades. Yeah, yeah big, big upgrades, upgrades from the, the last camera that I had, but um, still learning it, man. It's a lot of features. There's a lot of features to learn and. I feel like this is a new camera because they changed the menu system. They changed yeah. the uh, yeah, stuff about it. It's really cool though, man. Like expensive, but <laughs> I think it's worth it. Yeah, but it still has um, still has IBIS or is it improved IBIS? The yeah, body image stabilization. Yeah, yeah. yep. IBIS is still on there, and it's <clears throat> I feel like it's gotten better too. So um, yeah, they always have to have IBIS. I think all cameras have IBIS now, right? So okay, yeah. it would make sense for it not to have it. Are there any other features that? This A7 III didn't have? 
Um, I think those are the main ones. Those are the main ones. The flip, the 4K 120. 4K. Oh, you can do you can do 240 frames per second, 1080 now, which is like crazy. Damn. But the only thing is, it's only internal slow motion, so it does the slow motion for you in camera, instead of you being able to do why? It in post. Um, I don't know. I'm not sure why they did it that way. So if you shoot in 240 frames, it'll do it. It does slow mo yeah. for you. It'll do it for you internally, yeah. So, so if you record for like. Two three seconds, the clip's gonna be like a long. Oh, okay, because file, it's ten percent right? yeah, speed. Yeah, exactly. So it's gonna be like a, like ten times slower. Oh, that's but, uh, That's the only thing I didn't like about it, but it still works. The quality's still pretty good. Yeah. But um, I usually just film in four K, and that's what I've been waiting for. And I wanted to make all my content in four K. Yeah, it's gonna be the standard eventually. Even though, in twenty twenty, ten eighty P is still generally concerned. I'm not concerned. Um, what's the word? Assumed? Mm. No. Whatever. But it's like the standard. 1080p yeah, yeah, yeah. is like the standard still, yeah. for video, right? Mm. But I feel like as internet gets faster and bitrate gets faster and all those things, 4K is probably just going to become standard because everyone has a 4K I TV so. now. Yeah. Like everyone has a 4K smart OLED TV or whatever, right? Yeah. So I feel like the standard of 4K is coming real soon. I think so. I give it a few years. A few, a few years? years and I think it'll be standard. So just having some, I just want a camera that's ready for it, right? When it does become standard. Yeah. Because you know? I've been shooting 1080 for the past few years. So. But it still looks good. 1080 still looks. It does. Good. Yeah. Yeah. It does. If I have to shoot 1080, I'll still shoot 1080. Cause I, I do too. Yeah. Yeah. Cause but, you can always downscale your 4K and it'll look good in 1080, right? Yeah, I love doing that mm -hmm. because you get that like super crisp picture, right? Yeah. It's in like sharp, right? Yeah, and then also I like shooting in 4K because you can kind of just like zoom in on part of the clip and you don't lose that image quality mm -hmm. you know what i mean like yeah. if you were to zoom in on like 1080 or a 720p yeah. it gets all like pixelated and all that but when you punch in and zoom in at like 200 percent or 250 percent on a 4k image it still looks like it still looks super nice yeah it does it does that's that's what i did a lot of before but i just wasn't able to slow down 4k since i only had 24 frames per second on the older camera yeah but um yeah but now now I just try to do everything in 4K. Since I have the option to, right? Yeah, so that's, that's the problem I have. If I want to shoot anything in 60 frames per second mm -hmm. to get that like 40% slowed down cinematic look, I have to go back to 1080p. Because 4K, I can only get up to 30 frames, which is only 80% speed to, slow, yeah. to get that slow. But 80%, it doesn't give you that like cinematic look to the, yeah. to the footage. Right? It helps kind of like smooth out little like yeah, minor, like yeah, little minor things, but um, yeah, at least forty percent, right? That's what I think. Sixty frames. Sixty frames. Yeah, 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 sixty frames. The other thing too, though, but when I think of the Sony A seven S three, I feel like this camera is is for a very specific group of people, specifically professional videographers. I feel like this camera is kind of overkill for the more. I would say maybe casual camera fan or whatever. It seems like to fully utilize what you're buying, you gotta be like really using it for a specific reason, right? Like, would you recommend? You wouldn't recommend it to just like a beginner or no, something, right? Honestly, I wouldn't. Just for someone starting off, I wouldn't. Um, I would probably get them towards like I think the APS APSC series is probably something that most people should start with because that's what I started yeah. with, and I used that for a couple of years. And I used that for a lot of my client stuff actually, and it worked out. 
Yeah, it's still good. Yeah, and it's all at a fraction of the cost, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> a lot cheaper than the A7S III. But, but you know what I don't like about Sony? They're trying to do this thing where, um, what is it called? The Sony A7C? Yeah. It's like an introduction camera to the full frame line, but it doesn't even seem that cheap. It's It costs more than A7 III. It costs more yeah. than the A7 III. It's, it, it's a better version of the A7 III, but I don't. I think they should have focused on bettering their APS-C lineup and introducing that. Because right? I, I think yeah. the A7 III is their introduction, like their, um, I guess, low-end, full-frame Entry camera, level. Right? Entry level, yeah, that's the word. The entry level camera that um, into their full-frame series. Like, I, didn't, I don't know why they made the A7C. Yeah, that kind of sucks. Because yeah. I've been hoping for some upgrades this year for mm -hmm. their APS-C line, because obviously I shoot yeah. Sony APS-C, and I was extremely disappointed that there wasn't an announcement for a Sony A6700 mm -hmm. or a Sony A7000 series. Like, I was hoping there was going to be something coming out of their APS-C line, and when their two big announcements were both full frame, and I was like, oh... You know, like, is Sony just trying to convert everyone to go to the full-frame line? Are they giving up on APS-C? Like, I wonder what their their plan is. I don't think they should give up. No, I don't think they'll give up on it, man. Because I feel like the full-frame is <clears throat> geared more towards, I guess, people who are more into it, more professionals, I guess, who are into the more crazy cinematic stuff. So if for a beginner, I wouldn't, like, I wouldn't just want to jump in into a full-frame, right? I think it's good to jump into like a smaller camera, yeah. um, like a APS-C camera. So I don't, I don't think they will go away from it. Because the other thing too yeah. is like, it's not just that the full frame camera is expensive, but you have to go into the full frame lenses. Exactly. And the, the glass of full frame is <laughs> so expensive. It costs more than the body sometimes. <laughs> see, that's, see, this is like the problem yeah. with getting deep into the camera world. Yeah. The, the gear, it's... You ne you're never satisfied, and there's no. always something better. There's always exactly. a focal length you're missing, or an aperture, or a zoom, or a really fast prime, or whatever the thing is. Mm -hmm. There's always something in the camera world that entices you to keep yeah. buying more and more and more. And it's like, man, if you're not mindful of your spending, your purchases can add up really quickly. Dude, yeah, man. This <laughs> past couple of months, I've been spending so much money something because. <laughs> I had to upgrade my memory card system and the memory cards on the, the new camera too, right? Well, oh, yeah, get, yeah, yeah. What is it called? They are Type A, Express Type A. And so they're only, they're, they only work on that camera right now. And only That's Sony it. makes them right now. So they're 600 oh, bucks. Wow. But I found an alternative where it's a regular SD card, but they're, they're like the fastest SD cards out there. And it works? They're still a couple hundred dollars though, right? So they're expensive. So I bought a couple of those. But I feel like if I if I need to use the highest four K um, setting, I need to get that expensive memory card. Oh, you do. Yeah. So when you say highest, so four K one twenty. Four K one twenty, but there's different bit rates and there's different like quality like quality levels. So the highest one, in order for me to use it, I need the fastest um, Express Type A card. Oh, so it doesn't even work. Yeah, but the thing is like. I don't notice the difference. Like I feel like the quality of the other four K one twenty bit rates and um, files are pretty good, and my ca my computer right now can't even handle it, so it doesn't make sense for oh, me to buy. Oh, so you can't even use it. Yeah, so maybe yeah. later on when I get a better ca uh, better computer, I'll consider getting the other memory card. But yeah, it's another thing. I need to get another computer to be able to edit on that camera. Wow, so that's another cost. So 
the new full frame camera is so good and the quality of the image is so good it's going to force you to buy a whole new computer yeah. to be able to edit edit yeah. that footage so it's an expensive upgrade. <laughs> it's an expensive upgrade man oh man <laughs> it's, that's what i'm saying like it's not i don't suggest it for beginners it's like if you have the money for it if you have six seven eight ten grand laying around that you want to invest into do your video or photography stuff or yeah. video stuff then i would then do it but like as a starter camera no i would not suggest it man i would mm -hmm. start off maybe a7 that if you want a full frame yeah or um or the older a7s2 which is still pretty good but a lot of creators still use it a7 oh yeah, that you one might yeah. Use, yeah. yeah you might use too so it'd be a lot cheaper yeah that's still a good camera it's for aps man like, you can create so much with APS-C. Like what you're doing, man. You were creating. Yeah, it's, it's still good. Stuff, it's still like uh, good enough. Yeah, man. Because it still comes down to, it's more important how you use your camera and your knowledge of using it than the actual camera itself. Yeah. Like someone that's a master at cameras and uses like a shittier camera is so much better than a beginner that even has like a twenty thousand dollar red cam. Like yeah. if you don't know how to use the actual tool, then it's it's useless in exactly. your hands, right? So I feel like. I know it's very, it's very hard to resist being materialistic, especially mm -hmm. in the camera world, because you always want to buy like, or you always have this mentality where if I had this lens or if I had that focal length, it would just make my work yeah. and my content that much better. Yeah. But a lot of the time, the benefit that you actually get is so minor. And yeah. is it really even worth like yeah. the cost for the majority of people, right? It's not. But I, I see like in your perspective, you're probably going to use the 10-bit. You're using the flip-out screen. You're going to be using the 4K60, the 4K120. But you're going to be using the extra quality for client work and commercials and all these other pro yeah. like projects that the average person, filmmaker, or YouTuber would never even consider using no. any of those features, right? Mm -hmm. So it ends up being a complete waste of like money just because oh, I want I want that camera or yeah. I want that shiny new you know product yeah. from Sony, and it's like. I have this problem because I always think about wanting to switch to full frame. Yeah. But I'm always like, okay, say I do. How much better is this going to make my videos? Like, well, because even if you think about YouTube, the average viewer watches on their phone, right? Mm -hmm. So, like, can your phone even see that difference in quality? Probably not. Probably not, <laughs> right? Yeah. Of course, if you're doing, like, client work for a business or a company and you're doing commercials, then, yes, yeah. you're going to want to do that. Or if you're, like, a wedding photographer or something like that, then, yeah, I get it. But if you're just, like, a YouTube content creator, like, I don't know, man. I feel like staying away from these super shiny cameras is, like, a smart thing to do, financially, at least. It's just, I guess a lot of people have... FOMO, they just like, like a fear of missing out, right? Like they want the best thing, they're like, oh, if this guy has it, maybe I'll make myself better too. Because I had that. I still have it actually sometimes. Do you? Yeah, man. It's just, but it's never the gear, bro. It's all about, it's you, man. It's how creative you can get with what yeah, you have, right? Yeah, that's like, true. It's storytelling. I was just talking to somebody about it. It's just, storytelling is so key, whether you're doing tutorials or what you're doing, right? Like yeah, um, yeah. self-improvement stuff, like putting together your video and being able to tell a story with it, it's key, man. It's huge, right? You gotta be able to have these, to have your viewers stay on there and watch your video, and, and storytelling is a huge part of that. Yeah, of course. Like, and I shouldn't say that like having better equipment doesn't help. Like, for sure it does. Like, even look at this situation we're in now. We both have. Um, well, actually, let's talk about this office. So we're in your brand new office, your new workspace. We got 
Um, is that thing behind you even in the... In the you can see a little bit of it, yeah, the backdrop. So what is that? This is a backdrop system. So I, I, right now I have two rolls on there, but usually I'll have like three. Yeah. So basically I just want to use it for like a lot of my, um, I guess product B-roll video. Product commercials? If I need to. Is that a green screen? Yeah, it's a green screen. Because I do a lot of stuff on green screens, right? So yeah, like, yeah. So I've got a green screen of white and then I got a, I got a deep yellow coming in. This is like yellow, but I don't know what does it do. Nothing. I just, I just want it for like, my, my regular YouTube oh, videos okay. so just to kind yeah, of be yeah, in there yeah. as the main color, right? I don't know what it is, man. I'm into the color yellow right now. You're into the color yellow? <laughs> it's weird. It's weird. I can't even explain it. The Lakers? Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> um, I was thinking that or black. Black I'll probably use a lot too, right? Yeah, yeah. But uh, instead of getting a black roll, I'm just going to probably paint one of the walls here black and just kind of uh, do stuff okay, there. Right? I see. So, but anyways, yeah. This is a uh, new office. It's, um, it's not that big, but... It's a good starter studio office. It's a lot bigger than what I had in the, at the other place at the house. Yeah. And the reason why I got it is because um, I just wanted to keep things separate from family, right? Yeah, of course. So whenever I'm at home, I just want to be able to just kind of stick with the family and just play with them or play with the kids and just not worry about work. <laughs> yeah, and that way you're not splitting your attention. Yeah. When you're in here in your office, mm -hmm. like your focus is 100% on your work. Yeah. And then when you're at home, your focus is 100% on your family. Yep. And you're not like half of your brain is thinking about editing and the other half is about your kids. Like you're going to be more present in the moment. And I feel like, you know, it'll help you make better work. It will also help you be a better, better father, right? Because your attention is not always thinking about, oh, okay, um, oh, I should be, I got some videos to edit, but also I got to play with my kids. Like, yeah. You're not split between yeah. what you're spending your time on, right? I definitely would love to have an office like this like one separate. day. It's definitely on like my, not, I wouldn't say to-do list, like a, like a list of things that I would love to have one day. Yeah. But my idea is kind of like have a podcasting studio, something similar to this, but like in like my basement of my house or something. But again, it needs to be big enough to where I can have that separation where it's like, okay, if I'm, if I'm downstairs in my quote-unquote office, I need to be able to focus 100% of my work. And then that way I can produce, you know, better content as a content creator. And I would love to just have, like, a setup like this. Because all my other podcast episodes that I film, it's basically with this tiny little patio table and chair that I take from outside. It's, it's a chair that I leave on my front porch. Mm. It's an outdoor table, and it's, like, rusted... And it's like, it's gross. And I take that, I put it upstairs in my guest bedroom. And then I just film a podcast in there. Because I have nowhere else really to do it. Yeah. Right? Like, I don't have a dedicated space to mm -hmm. do a podcast. And even though, like, this podcast is fairly young. It's what? This is episode 12. Mm -hmm. So it's pretty good. You got 12 like, episodes in your it's, it's getting <laughs> there. Yeah. But spending all this extra money on something in the beginning, it's not going to help me. Right? Just getting... The content started is what's important and then hopefully eventually you know maybe if the podcast does become moderately successful someday or whatever then you know i could make a more uh maybe professional studio yeah. to create better content right yeah. i would love to do that one yeah, day same here today i just want like a dedicated like little podcast area right yeah i know it'd be so cool, be nice right? it'd be nice um but yeah with this with this place i just wanted somewhere where i can just work have a little space for to do the B-roll stuff, space to record my YouTube tutorials, right? So, it does it. It does a job. Like it's it's good. It's a, it's a good enough space. But I think I would wanna, like, oh, I wanna like upgrade later on, like maybe in like a year or yeah. so. 
get something bigger. If I can, if I can afford it, <laughs> things are going well. <laughs> uh, we just have to see how things go. Well, you never yeah. know what happens. Yeah, man. But it's nice yeah. to have a, a separate working space from like your home. Yeah, because you, yeah. most people have that, right? Yeah. They drive to their job yeah. and their work is separate from their home life, right? Mm -hmm. And as an entrepreneur, freelancer, YouTuber, it's like, yeah, you can work from home, but at the same time, like, you're going to be distracted a lot of the times, yeah. right? And you also, you know, you want to treat your family properly, exactly, right? Yeah. You don't want to be absent from mm -hmm. them. And at the same time, you want to put out the best possible work you can and create the best possible content you can. Mm -hmm. So even though it's like, oh yeah, you, you got an office, right? But you know, a lot of people kind of do the same thing. Their work life yeah. is separate yeah, exactly. from their home life, right? Yeah. I think it needs to be that way. Cause I don't know, when I was working a lot at home, it kind of affected my relationship with them in, in a way, right? Where I feel like, okay, I have to take care of you, but I need to finish my work here. Right? Like I, I, I would get, I would get kind of angry, and I feel like sometimes I would take it out on them. So uh, okay. that's a, another reason why I wanted to keep things separate. And it's, honestly, it's gotten better. It's gotten yeah. better. Yeah, it's gotten a lot better that I can just put all the work stuff in here, focus all my work stuff in this little space here, and then when I'm home, kind of forget about everything. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. But another thing, what people don't understand is. When you're a creative and you're trying to create something, not just a YouTube video, it can be writing a script or a book or a tutorial or whatever you're doing, that creativity comes from like this place in your mind where you need to be free from distractions. Especially when you're trying to create, like when you create your best work, at least this is for me, I do it when I have clarity, peace of mind, and no distractions. That's always when I get my best yeah. work done. And whenever I have like, there's people over or the TV's on or something is going on, you can, it's almost like a, a mental block for creativity. Yeah, dude. Especially for content creators. Because most people at a normal job, say you work a nine to five and you do the same tasks day in and day mm -hmm. out and it becomes like automatic and you know okay I go here I do this I type this send this email I'll do this meeting and there's no creative driver driver behind your work and it's just all automatic you just kind of go through the motions but as a content creator it's so much more difficult than that and a lot of people think like oh it's so easy you just turn on your camera and just create content oh, but like no, yeah. that's that's not how it works and I'm starting to realize this because it's because I still have a day job, obviously, mm -hmm. right? Like I go to work and I do the exact same thing day in, day out. Yeah. I see the same boxes. I deliver the same packages to the same customers on the same loading dock. Mm -hmm. And part of the day, I'm just like going through the motions and I'm just on autopilot. I don't even have to think yeah. about what I'm doing. It's almost as if I just go. And you know when you drive and all of a sudden you end up somewhere? Yeah. Sometimes you forget. It happens how you, a lot, man. Yeah. That's like, is that dangerous? It probably <laughs> is. But like whenever I'm working, that's what I feel like. Yeah. I'm just on autopilot all the time. But whenever I'm creating content, it's never like that. It's always like in this deep thought process yeah. of contemplation and trying new things and trying this or maybe that doesn't work, maybe doing something this way and you're just like mm -hmm. tweaking with the whole creative process until you create something that's unique to yourself, okay. right? Yeah. And that type of work is so different than the typical like office job. Yeah, yeah, it is, man. We need, I don't know, I can't, I, like, I can't think too when there's stuff going around, around, like stuff happening around me. I need to be able to have a space where it's just quiet. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and just, uh, just 
to myself, right? So that I can kind of like come up with the ideas. But um, yeah, man, like have like I don't know what it is. I know some people I know like like going for walks and get that's how their like creativity like sparks and stuff, right? They go for walks or they'll just go for like a workout. I think I know a lot of people they oh, work really? out and they'll workout. get like yeah, and I'll spark some ideas, right? I don't know. For me, I just need to be in a quiet space or like I don't know, just in a quiet place and just that's how I usually come up with my ideas. Actually, sometimes I, I, I've been playing video games and ideas just kind of like spark. <laughs> like, I'll just like come into my head and I was like, what the f But yeah, it's just, it's just, I guess it's so random for everyone, right? It's still different for everybody. It's so what do, you, what do you do? Do you just stop the game and do you write it down? Yeah, I'll have my phone, I'll have like a little note, like a pad right on my phone. And I'll just yeah. kind of like write all like the stuff in my head there. I know, and I'll just jot it down. When I get to the office or a laptop, I'll just kind of like, kind of expand on it. Oh, okay. So how does, actually I never asked you this mm. before, how does your creative process look? Like when it comes to like, like coming up with a video? Like say you're coming up with your new video for yeah. next week. Mm -hmm. Like what, what does that look like? Um, I usually have a list. So my list is always like, I have this one document on Google where every time I come up with an idea, I just put it on there. So when it comes to like coming up with the videos for the month, I kind of like just take from that list and see what will fit into what would I want to do, right? So yeah, it's just random. Like I said, like I'll be here, or I'll just be sitting around and just kind of like come up with ideas and I'll just put it on the document. I'll be at home playing video games and I'll just put it down in the document. So there's not like, I won't just sit down and be like, okay, what, what do I need to do for next week? And then just kind of come up with ideas. It's, I kind of just go with the list that I have and kind of like expand on that afterwards. Right. Oh, okay, I see, yeah. yeah. So, the, and, the, and the inspiration from those that list will come from anything. I could always be on YouTube, maybe sometimes watching videos, and I'll be like, oh wait, there's a, actually a cool idea that, I don't know, I can't remember, and I'll just kind of add it in there. So it just comes from everywhere. It's not just like one place. It's just yeah, kind of like, yeah, yeah, kind of random. You know how mine, mine works? This is, I, this has happened to me many times, especially this year. I'll get to a point where I feel like I have no ideas left. I've exhausted all my creativity. I have no idea what I'm going to do for my next video. And I feel like I have this horrible writer's block. And I'm like, oh my God, I don't know what I'm going to do. But then out of nowhere, I'll be doing something completely unrelated. Like I'll be washing the dishes, for example. Yeah. And then all of a sudden I'll get this idea for a productivity video. And it just kind of like sparks in my imagination. And I have no idea where it comes from. Like, I don't even understand how you can, you can go from having no thought and yeah. no creativity at all yeah. to having a fully conceived idea. And now I know exactly what my title is, what my thumbnail is going to look like. I have a premise yeah. for the video. Yeah. I know the type of B-roll that I'm going to film. And this idea just like rushes my brain. And whenever that happens to me, I just stop what I'm doing. So in, case of, in the case of me washing the dishes, I threw off my gloves and I just ran upstairs to my, my computer and I just started typing. And I just started writing out like the title, like how to be more productive in a world full of distractions, which was what happened. That yeah. was a video that I ended up making. And I just went on this like writing rampage where I just wrote like three pages of nonsense. And I just, even if the sentences that I write don't make any sense, mm. I kind of just write everything in that moment because I'm getting this like creative spark that just flourishes out of nowhere. And I'm trying to extrapolate as much information from that spark as I possibly can. And then I just throw it on, not a piece of paper, but throw it on a Google document. And then I'll save it, go back to 
you know, washing the dishes or whatever after that creative spark is gone. And then I'll go look at it after. And I'll skim through that document. And most of it is nonsense. A lot of it's just like rambling jargon or, you know, bullshit. But there'll be like these nuggets of super valuable information there. And then I'll take those nuggets out and then expand on those ideas. Now, that'll be like maybe, I don't know if I had to give a ratio, like 80% nonsense, but then 20% like really solid concrete ideas that I could use for my next video. And I don't know why my brain works like that, but I feel like I always go through these peaks and, val peaks and valleys of I'll have zero creativity and then out of nowhere I'll just all of a sudden get to a hundred and I have all the ideas in the world. That's when you need to like keep going though. When you're flowing like keep that, going. you just keep going, man. Like when I have those days where I'm just like, oh, I have this idea. Oh wait, I can do this and that. I just like, you don't grab stop. a laptop, I'll just keep typing or do whatever I need to do. Because I think you're, when you have things flowing like that, you just got to keep going, man. And sometimes it's hard to get into that state, right? Like, yeah, you know, it doesn't happen stuff. often. Yeah, so you just, you just keep going, bro. <laughs> I know it sucks, like, I guess it depends on where you are too, but... But uh, whenever I get into that stage, I try to just, like, grab a laptop and, like, okay, I got to type this out. Or I yeah. got to, like, plan this out right now, right? Because it's, like, it's in my head. <laughs> but do you know what I'm talking about? Like, yeah. do you get that too, that, like, rush? Yeah, like, it's, it's just, like, randomly, right? But, like, where does it come from? I don't know. Like, I don't even understand. That's like, what that's what I was saying about uh, when I was playing video games too. Sometimes I'll just play video games and they'll be like, oh, that's a cool idea actually. Oh, yeah, I can do this and that. <laughs> it's just like random. Like, it just yeah. has nothing to do with the game I'm playing. It's like not related at all. I don't know. I don't, I don't know where it comes from, man. Do you, do you yeah. believe that you can work on your creativity or do you believe that it's just something you have or you don't? I feel like, I think a lot of our creativity comes from inspiration. Like, I feel like, I feel like a lot of, a lot the ideas, a lot of the videos that we've done has been done before. But like you add your little creativity to it, right? And a lot of it comes from inspiration. So so I don't know, there's a lot of people that get mad and saying like, Oh, you copy this guy or you do this guy but I feel like everyone's been inspired by somebody else, right? To when you create your stuff. So I feel like you can create work on your creativity. I feel like it's just about how you think of things, how you break things down, how you um, how you put things together. And I feel like I don't think I don't know. I don't think you're born with it. I feel like it's something that you can actually work like you can work on. It's not something like, oh, he's not creative. He wasn't born creative. Then he can't he can't do this kind of stuff. Yeah, true. Yeah, I've always been a believer that everyone is born creative. Oh, creative. Okay. <clears throat> yeah, we all have yeah. that ability of creativity. Yeah. But I also believe that creativity is also a skill that you can improve. It's kind of like when you're sharpening your sword or sharpening yeah. your axe. You know. It's kind of that old saying, you lose it if you, no, if you don't use it, you lose it, right? Yeah. So I feel like we all have the ability to be creative, but it's those people that are constantly sharpening their creative sword. They're constantly yeah. thinking of ideas, constantly putting themselves out there, trying new things, writing, and just, you know, trying to do things that challenges themselves creatively. Mm -hmm. I feel like that's, creativity is kind of like a thing you can improve, mm -hmm. but I do believe that everyone has Creativity. Yeah. yeah. Like, I don't, I hate it when people tell me, like, I've heard this a lot at work. They'll be like, oh, you know, I saw your, your YouTube channel. You're so lucky. You're such a creative person. Oh, luck. And I'll be like, okay, I'm so lucky that I'm a creative person. But, but I'm like, what does that even mean? Like, aren't you creative as well? Like, do you even try to do anything? See, that's, that's a problem that I have. I've, people have this mentality that, you know, you're, 
born yeah. with something, right? Mm-hmm. Like, for example, in sports, if you're born with the athletic ability of LeBron James or John Jones or something, okay, that is obviously something that if you're born four foot ten, you're never going to be able to play basketball and dunk a basketball yeah. like LeBron James, obviously, right? But those are physical limitations, whereas the mind is not bound by those same physical limitations. Your mental mind has like infinite capacity that anyone else can aspire to. And I feel like you can always improve that in some way. And that's where like this whole creative process comes from. And I feel like it's ignorant to say that some people are born with it and some people aren't. Like, I don't believe in that. Yeah. Well, one one thing Spud Webb was 5'3 and he dunks, right? Oh five, yeah, that's five, true. Five. That's he's, true. He's short. Bro. Okay, so who, so so what's the cutoff where you can never dunk? I don't know. Maybe 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 not shorter than that. Okay, we'll say we'll say five foot. <laughs> I, I think like I agree with you, man. Like maybe everyone is born creative, but just there's certain people that want to use that creativity or actually want to sharpen their skills and get yeah. better at it. But um, like Spud, well, I'm pretty sure he had to work on that. I'm pretty sure he had to work on like his his vertical just to be able to dunk like that, right? Like yeah, for sure, hundred percent. Yeah, and it, it goes. It's the same with the the creators. If you if if you really want to expand and get better, you just keep going, and you 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 put yourself in situations where, I guess, you try to be creative, and you kind of like expanding your creativity, right? So it's up to you. It's up to you if you really want it. If you really want it, then I feel like you can be creative. You can you can unleash that creative side of yourself, right? Yeah, that's true. Because that's even. Using, using the analogy of like languages, hmm. I always hear people say this, and I'm victim of this too. Yeah. I, I always say like, oh, I wish I could speak another language. Yeah. Because all I can speak is English, mm-hmm. right? That's the only language I know. But have I ever taken a second language class outside of what I was forced to do? Have I ever tried to learn French after high school? Have I ever tried to learn another language? No, I haven't. I haven't spent a single minute or any effort at all in trying to learn a language. But then I'll say, oh, I wish I could speak another language. But if you don't even put any time into developing that skill, then obviously you're never going to get any better at it, right? But to think that there's some innate attribute that we all have when we're born, that either you have it or you don't, when it comes to creative stuff, you know, I, I still honestly believe that that's incorrect. Yeah. Like, we all have that ability, but it's just a matter of if you pursue exactly. it or not, yeah. right? Yeah, exactly, man. And I think a lot of people are just, I guess... They don't believe in themselves. I I met a lot of people where, they don't like, they don't believe themselves. They kind of just put themselves down, and they don't want to try because they feel like maybe it's the way they were raised or the way they grew up. But like you said, like, it's it's really up to you, man. It's really up to you if you if you wanna if you wanna unleash that side of yourself. I feel like every, everyone is creative in a different way. Right? Yeah, hundred yeah. percent. Because even for me, I've worked on my creativity a lot, especially these past two years, and I came from like a childhood where I was very analytical, very mathematical. I hated writing. I hated English, history, all of those courses. And I only thrived in like the sciences and maths. And I did never, I never ever did anything creative at all for years. But it's not until I actually started working on it. And now look, I, I'm still not the best at speaking or, you know, creating videos, but I'm getting better. I'm improving a lot, man. Compared to like, if you look at, Especially if this is true for YouTube, when you look at your first video and you look at the way you speak and carry yourself and yeah. your, your sentence structure and your vocabulary, it's so bad compared to where you are today, yeah. right? And it's like that progress, like everyone can make that little progress, but it's just putting the time into it, right? Yeah. Like 
I was never naturally a good speaker, right? I hated doing public speaking. I hated, you know, those presentations in class where you present in front of the class and have to speak and do all those public speeches. I hated that stuff. And I was so introverted and shy. And I always thought that like people were laughing at me or they would criticize me. And I was always so self-conscious of myself. But now, like public speaking is something I, I actually kind of like. I'm not saying that I'm good at it, but I would love to try it, even though I might suck. Yeah. But still, I don't. I wouldn't mind working on that skill and maybe trying to pursue that, you know, in some form or another in the future. But, you know, it's not like I was born a creative person or yeah. I was born a person, you know, that was outspoken. Like that's not who I was at all. I was the complete opposite growing yeah. up, which is, you know, you know, since you've known me since. Dude, forever. Right? I was the same. You know me too. I was. I was quiet. Yeah, we called you quiet, <laughs> quiet, bro. <laughs> Dude, I was so scared. But um, uh, Richard's wedding. Remember how he uh, asked me to be his officiant? Yeah. Dude, I was so nervous when he asked me. I was like, I was telling Mary, I was like, Mary, my wife, for those who watch. And I was telling her that I think I'm gonna say no. I'm like, I think I'm too scared to do this. I don't want to do it, right? Like, it's kind of scary to talk in like in front of like a hundred people. And then I just kept thinking about it. I'm like, this is the time I was doing YouTube as well. I'm like, wait, this is a good time for me to kind of like. Get the, I don't know overcome that fear and just kind of just do it and just um, work on like my, my public speaking just kind of talk in front of the people, and dude it was like it was like the best experience man I had so oh, much fun really? with it yeah I had so much fun with it <laughs> it was oh, like okay. it was it was different for me but it was so, it was and it's for like one of our good friends too right I'm like wow like he chose me to be his officiant and it was like such an honor and it, it was cool it was such a cool experience and after that I was just like I want yeah like what you were saying I want to do more like public speaking stuff maybe to get to get better just to kind of like get rid of all those nerves and yeah dude it was, it was, it was a crazy experience it was fun <laughs> yeah it just yeah. even if you don't want to pursue it all the way like even just try exactly it will improve yeah. the way you speak you'll feel more confident with yourself especially when you're on camera or even yeah. just doing this like doing a podcast yeah like I'm not always thinking about slurring my words and stumbling and saying ums and ahs and all that nonsense that comes with speaking but if you know, if you try to pursue public speaking, obviously you're going to improve at all those things, right? And what's funny is, I don't know if you remember this, I don't know if I told you this story, but there was a time where I wasn't surprised that you got into video because there was a time in grade, I think it was 12, we were in English class, and you read this book called, um, oh man, hold on, uh, this, you read a book called um, the old man and the pearl or something. Yeah. Do you remember that? <laughs> Do you remember that? Okay, have I ever told you this story? Yeah, no. Keep going, keep going. Okay, so this is a memory I have of you that for some reason has always stuck in my mind and I've always had it, but I, for some reason I never told you about it. But I remember we were in an English class and we had to read a book and do a presentation. And I don't, I don't even know what I read. I can't remember the book that I read, but it was horrible and I was terrified. But I remember you made a video of your presentation and you took like a, a mop, like those stringy mops or whatever, and you put it on your on your no, head or it, something? It was my sister's hair. She was behind me and I put it behind Oh, is it? But then you crazy. made like um, a video and you're like, oh yeah, I read this book, The Old Man and the Pearl or something. You know? <laughs> Dude, I wish I could have that. You know exactly what I'm talking I about, right? I forgot and, about it until you brought it up again. And I always had this memory in my mind. And then recently when you became a, f- a professional videographer, it triggered this thing in my mind where 
it brought that memory up to the surface. And I was like, you know what? I'm not surprised at all that Brian became a professional videographer because there was these little signs in the past. They were very minor, right? They were very small, but they were still there. And I always kind of like remembered, remembered these things about you. And then it's just weird because now like to see where you are today, you've, you have a full-time YouTube channel that has you know, surpassed 100,000 subscribers, which is all totally amazing. But it's like, when you look back at where you came from, right? It's like, it's interesting because there's these little hints, these little tidbits little that things. you have the potential, right? Dude, I remember that class, I was super like shy and like, there's a lot of people in that class I was kind of like intimidated by. Why? <laughs> I don't know, there's a lot of guys that I'm like, oh, like they're like, they're cool. I was, you know how shy I was in high school, right? I was like, yeah, yeah. quiet. Well, so was I. Yeah, yeah, so I didn't, I didn't talk a lot in that class. I don't remember, I didn't know you were in that class. Yeah, I was in that class. Was I the same you? side you? <laughs> Probably not, right? I think so. Really? Because didn't we share glasses? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> because yeah, we had the same, same prescription, prescription yeah, right? Yeah, that's that funny, man. I don't remember though. I don't remember you being in that class, but anyways, yeah, I was so scared of that class. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to do a video. It's like, it's not me. It's totally like, I'm like totally afraid to do it, but I'm like, I'm just going to do it. And I remember uh, one of the, Anthony Areza. Okay, yeah. Class, and he yeah. was just like laughing at me. He was like, dude, it's like, like, I didn't know you were like that. <laughs> it was just funny. It was just like, it was like, not me. Right? It was not like how the, for the person they saw me. And I was, it was fun doing it. It was really fun doing it, man. Yeah. And then I, I noticed uh, I was into videos too, but I think it was way before that. I used to take my dad's camcorder. It was like a huge camcorder. And I used to, um, we used to watch Disney movies on like a VHS. And I would get my sister, Heather, and my cousin Mike was here still. Okay, yeah. I would get them to act out <laughs> certain parts in the movie. And I'll like film them. <laughs> Dude, it was so funny. We did like Pocahontas. <laughs> we did like so you're a director. Yeah, I was directing it. I was like filming them, and then we made all these like weird like originals as well, where it's like they're hiding from all these like oh, monsters. And it was, Dude, it was so funny, man. Like I don't, I wish I still had those tapes. <laughs> so the signs have always been there. Then. I guess so. Yeah, I, like I, I thought about that too. I'm like, oh, I was really into it. It was fun. Like I love recording it. I guess there was little signs. I totally forgot about the, the English class one though. And Did you really? Yeah, when you brought it up, it's like, oh my god, I don't know what he's talking about. I'm pretty sure it was um, grade 12 or OIC and it was uh, Fitzpatrick. Probably. Is that yeah. his name? I think it was Fitzpatrick yeah. was the teacher. And then I remember I struggled. I struggled the whole semester with that course. And I remember... I would do those essays, yeah. right? Remember we always had like quarterly essays or yeah. something? It was a huge portion of our marks. And I remember just barely passing, getting like a 52, a 53, and I was just like struggling. I couldn't write. And it's weird because now I love to write. Yeah. But back then I couldn't write at all. My, yeah. my command of the English language was horrible. My vocabulary was poor. I had no self-confidence and I couldn't do any like reading or speaking in front of the class at all. And it was just like terrible. Mm -hmm. But what I did was, I just showed up to class every single day. Every day I was there. And I remember the very last day of the semester, like no one showed up. And there was like four of us there. Yeah. And then he said something like, oh, you guys can all leave. You don't have to stay. And then I remember I talked to the teacher and I was like, you know, I need some help. I'm just preparing for the exam, right? Because I was struggling so bad at that course and I needed it for university. And I remember my grade was like a, like a 60, it was like a 59, it was really bad, but I needed a good enough mark to make it for university. And 
did the exam, didn't do that well. But the guy, he gave me a final grade of 70. So if I were to go from a 58 all the way to a 70, like I must have got really good on the yeah, final exam. Yeah. But I didn't. It was just like a pity grade, like a participation grade. I felt like because I showed up every single day and I was just there, he kind of just gave me the 70. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Because that's what happened. Mm. And it's interesting because that's one of the first memories I had f for me on how important it is to be consistent and just keep showing up every day. Yeah. Because that's half of the battle. It's just yeah. being able to show up, right? Mm. And just putting in the effort and then eventually you'll get better at that thing over time. And for me, even though I was horrible at writing, I had no creativity at all. It was just showing up to that class and just having some determination and grit and just tr at least trying, right? Yeah. And eventually you're going to get better. But unfortunately, like in university, I, again, I had English, but my writing didn't get better at all. It actually got like you really bad. You other things, right? Yeah, yeah it, was just, party, it just wasn't there. But it's interesting how like yeah. that was my biggest weakness as a student was my writing and like, I guess, storytelling, yeah. kind of. Like I, that was my biggest weakness growing mm -hmm. up. And now it's turning into one of my bigger strengths, so which is what my channel is completely focused on. It's right? like your main thing right now, man. Yeah, like that's like, it's writing. weird, right? Yeah. Isn't that weird? Because I was never a person that was into that kind of stuff at all. Mm -hmm. But now I've done this complete 180 or whatever you want to call it. And I'm kind of going this complete different direction in life. And I don't know, I feel like, it's very interesting to see where we are now as compared to where we are, where we were before, because we were both came from, you know, similar paths, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We did, man. And like, there's a lot of stuff that I wish I did too in high school. Like, did you ever take photography? No, classes? I didn't. See, I didn't take photography either. I took it and then I dropped out. Why? Because I wasn't into it. Well, back then. Oh, and I'm like, oh man, it's so cool to be like in that film yeah, room. Yeah, you could have developed film. It would really cool, right? It would an awesome experience. And I guess I wasn't into it, man. I was focused on this leaving, leaving class and going out, <laughs> going to a pool hall, <laughs> shooters. Man, man, the priorities were not in place. But I guess we're in high school, right? I guess when you're in high school and you're that young, you don't really think about what you want to do in the future. Yeah. I actually, I despised all the arts. All, I didn't oh, yeah. want to take art. Yeah. I didn't want to take photography. Any of the arts, I absolutely despised. And I had no interest in any of that yeah. stuff. But now look, I make a video on painting and yeah. I'm doing all this other... Actually surprised me when you did the painting one. Yeah, dude, yeah. it's fun. Yeah, it's actually cool. a lot of fun. But the problem is, um, I think... I don't, know, I don't know if art is a thing that you're either born with or not. Are you born with artistic ability? Or is that also... Isn't that skill? something that if you just keep doing and do, you'll get better? Yeah, you can definitely... You'll start figuring it out. Yeah. I feel like you can... I wonder, is that a skill where you, you're just naturally born artistic? Is that a thing? Because like Mills, like Mills, like I guess Mills' drawing evolved from like, from like I don't know. Mills' drawing before was just like not that great, but then as Mills just kept going, she just, and going. Yeah, he just, just kept got working. Got, got really really good, right? So yeah. I feel like it's something that you just keep doing consistently. You can get better at. And in terms of what to draw, I feel like a lot of it is inspiration too, right? Maybe it's maybe it's just like creativity. Yeah. It's just if you have that passion for drawing exactly. and you just work on, it, you can just complete. I, Keep getting better and better and better, right? I think it's with anything, man. If you really are into something and you put in the time, you can get better at it. <laughs> I feel like if you really, if, if I wanted to be a baseball player and I put in all that time to become a baseball player and kind of train my body to be, 
I'm pretty sure I'll get, I'd get a good shot at it. Like, I'd, mm-hmm. I'd probably, like, I don't know, I'd put myself in that position where at least try out for, like, the minor league or something. Or Yeah, you would get like, somewhere. Yeah, you would get somewhere. Like, yeah. if you really want to get somewhere, I feel like if you put in the time, that's, that's all it is, right? You can't just wait for things to happen. Mm-hmm. you got to put in the time. And, that's interesting yeah. because I never really, because I've always, I never really thought about other forms of creation, like art, if yeah. you were born with that talent or not. Yeah. Like... That's kind of... Like, I wonder if that's a thing. I wonder if some people are born with more artistic ability than yeah. others, or more... Maybe. Maybe we're not all at the same level, but, like, I feel like people... You can get there. I feel like you can Yeah, get for sure. For sure, yeah. some people, like, start with yeah. some advantages. Yeah. But I definitely... I definitely do believe that... Actually, that's weird. I'm like, yeah. like let's learn something right now. Because I had, like, this idea in my mind that, oh, I've never been good at drawing. But mm-hmm. then when I thought about it, when did I ever practice drawing? Yeah, you never, never. Did, right? Yeah, you never practiced I've it. I've never practiced yeah. it. And yeah. I recently I started painting a little bit. Yeah. And you it's a better. lot of fun. Yeah. But you know what's weird? These are things that my dad does. Oh, yeah, he told me about it. He yeah. Painted. My dad was a painter. Yeah. And he was big into photography. Yeah. But he only chose cooking and culinary as a profession because there was no money, really. Mm-hmm. in art in the arts yeah. in his era right yeah. but he told me like if he could if he could have done something in the arts he would have done it and i guess culinary there is a form of you know in art in right, creating right? food yeah. and mm-hmm. the presentation of the dish yeah. so i think he appreciated appreciates it in that way but i wonder if like i've inherited some of my dad's creative artistic abilities and it's only now that I'm unlocking that ability that's kind of been like yeah. deep within my subconscious that it's just been locked away because I never activated it. Yeah. Like I wonder if, into it, right? yeah, I wonder if that's a thing because my dad's a super yeah. creative guy. Yeah. Right. And all, and he's he even told me, he's surprised like, Oh wow. You're getting into all these weird creative art stuff yeah. because it used to be all about computers and video games and programming and math and stuff. And he's like, Oh, you're kind of actually more like me now. And I'm like, oh, that's interesting. I wonder if like I've kind of like unlocked yeah. that innate ability. Dude, I think or something. so. Yeah, because like, like before you, I, would never, I never saw you being into that kind of stuff. Yeah, right? never, right? Yeah. So now that you're kind of like tapping into it, maybe you're opening all these like <laughs> yeah. doors and like just kind of like yeah, that's cool, man. That's really cool. It's, it's cool that like, your dad used to do all that stuff too. I didn't know he painted before until you told me. Yeah, at his uh, at their place, he has some paintings. Yeah, I didn't know it was his. They're his. Yeah. If you look at the corner, he has oh, yeah? a signature. That's crazy. That's awesome, yeah. man. It's weird because he's colorblind. Yeah, yeah, he told me about that. So he's um, there's a there's a definition for his colorblindness. You know how there's like three isn't there three primary colors? Hmm. He's blind to one of the primary colors. Okay. Um, so shoot, I wish work? I I wish I knew more about the, uh, is it red? Red, green, and what the, let me Google this. What are the primary? Is it red, green, and blue? Oh my god, bro! Gotta cut this part out. No, <laughs> leave it there. I don't care. Three primary colors are red, green. yellow, oh and yellow. Blue. Yeah, yeah. Secondary colors are orange, green, and violet. So, oh yeah. So, blue, my dad can see. Like yellow and the other yeah. colors, to him they're like gray or something. Oh, okay, okay. So, so how does it work when it comes to his actual painting then? Like, I don't even know. Like, how does he know? I'm not sure. Yeah. But he has, like, this type of colorblindness that's very specific. Like, if you were to take a bunch of 
M&Ms yeah. and put them all on the table, okay. he wouldn't be able to, to pick out the red ones from the green. But red and green are completely different colors. Yeah. They're not even close, right? But he, but to him, those would look the same. They, look, so they would look crazy. exactly yeah, the same. Yeah. yeah, but if there's any, are there blue M&Ms? Yeah, Whatever, yeah. say if there was yeah. blue M&Ms, he would be able to pick those out easily. Oh, okay, okay. So his color palette in his eyes or whatever. So, yeah. yeah, he's missing something there. So his in his interpretation of colors is so different than what we see. Yeah. But he still enjoyed painting somehow. That's cool. Is I wonder how weird? he worked around it, yeah. I, need, I wonder what the... I wonder what it's called. Red you should get your dad on the podcast, bro. Bro, I, I've... <laughs> get him on the podcast. I've asked him. That's I've asked good. him. He's <laughs> like the most... Wanted guest, but yeah, yeah, yeah I don't know. He's that, uh, he's not interested. And Steve, get Steve. I've asked him too. Yeah, Steve's my brother. There. <laughs> <laughs> I need to do a podcast with the three of them. Yeah, but they'll probably just bash me the whole time. <laughs> they're just like <laughs> they're probably just gonna oh, shit talk yeah. me the whole time. It'll be fun to watch. Oh, for sure. <laughs> I'm I'll, I'm definitely gonna keep asking. Mm. Maybe maybe I can convince him one day. But the problem is, like. From his yeah. point of view, like English is in his first language, right? So like, I can understand if he feels a little apprehensive about doing something where his voice is recorded. Oh, okay. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like, he, and he's an older dude. Like, yeah, he's yeah. never done any of this type of stuff. He doesn't care for social mm. media and podcasts and all yeah. this stuff. So I feel too. like if I ask my parents to do one. Yeah, they wouldn't want to. They wouldn't want to come on camera and record their voice, yeah. right? Mm. I wonder if I should just call him. Phone and then record. Just have a conversation. Like, doesn't even know. Because then I would get the authentic version exactly. of my father, yeah. right? Yeah. Because if you tell him, <clears throat> or if there's a camera in his face, mm -hmm. or there's a microphone in his face, he's probably going to speak differently. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And it's going to affect how you you know express yourself, yeah. right? But if I record it without him knowing. Then he's just gonna talk normally, right? Well, I'll try it. Let's see what he does. But then again, that's, yeah, I feel yeah, bad because then I'm know. like not telling him that I'm recording. Tell him after and be like, hey, this is our conversation. And say, cool, if I post it. <laughs> but then what if he gets pissed off? Yeah, he'll probably get pissed off at you. <laughs> yeah, he probably will. I, right. Well, I'm gonna see him next weekend, so yeah. I'm, I'm gonna ask him. But I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. But uh, but running, going, uh, circling back to what we were talking about. Um, yeah, the painting. Um, thing is, is very interesting because I never really ever showed any interest yeah. in any of that type of um, creative stuff. And now it's like all I can think about. Yeah. Like all I think about now are what are things that I can do that can create my best creative work and increase that mental capacity to create unique things, you know, that I love. And I don't know, the whole process is just, it's just so much fun. Yeah, it is, man. It is fun. Like, like you must enjoy the process as well, too, it right? It is fun, man. Like, putting it together and just being able to put together what you want. <laughs> I love that, man. I think I'd rather do this stuff than, I guess, like, create for a client. Because, I don't know, with this stuff, you can pretty much do whatever you want. You can, like, tell the story however you want, tell it the way you want to tell it, right? Mm -hmm. It's fun. It's cool. Yeah, that's true. And, like way better than the jobs I had before where it's like you said it's like every same things every, every day right it's repetitive like being able to do this full time and have that creativity and the, the freedom to do whatever it, it's awesome man yeah, because the problem with society is this whole corporate structure that we have of the nine to five and mm -hmm. cubicle life and office jobs is 
that type of work is meant for robots. The yeah. 9 to 5 is meant for robots. Yeah. And corporations, they don't want to keep getting new hires and keep bringing people in and you know, letting people go. They want to hire people, train them, and then keep those people doing the same jobs as long as possible because they become super efficient at it. And they don't want to waste capital and money training new employees and, and getting new staff and finding you know, ways to replace people. So corporations are incentivized to bring you in and keep you there as long as possible in the exact same position, right? Which is the problem that I face in my current job. If you take a job at my company and you stay there for, you know, for five years doing the exact same thing, then they compensate you. But if you kind of move around, then you sort of get punished financially, right? Which kind of sucks because now I've developed all these different type of skills, right? For the business as a whole, but then they don't reward you in terms of compensation as compared to the guy that stayed in the one role and did the same task over and over and over and over again. And of course, that guy, he can perform that one task way better than I can. But on the flip side, there's nine other tasks that I can do way better than that one person, right? So the way that our society has set up jobs in the world, I feel like the nine to five is meant for robots and content creation and the arts and music and all these other creative, quote unquote, creative jobs. I feel like this is what human beings are meant to do, meant to yeah. be creatives. And maybe, you know, maybe we, we still should work, you know, jobs to a certain extent, but I feel like it doesn't have to be the nine to five. It could be, I feel yeah. like it should be shorter or but something. Actually, some people that I've met, they actually like their jobs. Like the, they like the nine to five. They like being like, like waking up every day and doing the same exact things, like whatever's laid out for them just just doing it, they like it, they're happy. And I, I don't know, like, I guess, I guess for some it's okay. Like, I know you're, you're, just, you're saying it's probably not meant, it's not, probably not meant for us, but I think in the end, as long as, I guess as long as they're happy, right? It should be. Like, yeah, I, I can get that. I, I understand, like, I know some people, they love routine. Yeah. They love to have that, like, perfect structure where they wake up at the same time every day, drive down the same highway every day, park in the same spot, do the same job, and then go home at five o'clock at the same time every day. Like I know that people, they love that type of structure. You know, which which is true. Like I, I you know, I get it. I understand. It's like a, you know, it's it's nice to know exactly what you're gonna do every single day, right? But I feel like for a lot of the people, especially the younger generation, that they kind of feel like they're lost in life. They don't know what their purpose is. I feel like those are the type of people that don't benefit from the nine to five, and they're the ones that need to pursue those creative outlets. Just the problem is it's so hard to find success in that yeah. path, right? Because you're never guaranteed a salary in the beginning. And that first beginning phase is always so difficult. So I, I do feel like these ideas are not absolute. There's no right or wrong. Like everyone is different, right? But there definitely is a path for creative people that they can take and they don't always have to follow what everyone else does, right? Yeah. Um... There's, I don't know, I met, I met this guy and um, he said he, he likes the 9 to 5 because it's, everything's laid out for him already and everything's just kind of like coming in. So he, he wanted to work a job right after uh, college just so that he can get money in to do whatever his creative stuff was. Right? And the only thing is he got so comfortable with his 9 to 5 and money coming in that he just kind of like gave up on his creative dreams and because the money was coming in already and it wasn't oh, like a okay. lot of money it's just like consistent money 
And I feel like that happens to a lot of people when they start seeing all that money coming in at the beginning, especially when you're young, right? And you get com kind of comfortable with it and you're like, oh, I don't want to mess it up. I don't want to, I don't want to kind of like touch it. I just want to leave it and just let it run the way it is. And then I guess I feel like, actually a lot of people, I feel like this is for a lot of people who have big dreams and goals and they just kind of give up on it because of the consistent money that's coming in. Yeah, and it's a fear. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It's a fear of losing out yeah. that you're going to get less. Yeah. Right? I don't know. I, and, and it sucks. I feel like I, I try to talk to those people. I try to kind of like convince them again to kind of like, if, if that's, that's, it's not really like your dream, I guess, to try to go for it. Like, it's, it's all about balance for me. That's why I tell them balance is like such a huge thing. Just balance it out. Like work your nine to five, but at the same time work on your other stuff a little bit every day. Right? And until it starts to grow. Because mm -hmm. I'm going through a very similar problem that you exactly described is working a full-time job and then you get that you know guaranteed salary and you get this thing in your mind where you get kind of used to it you know mm -hmm. that a thousand dollars is coming in every whatever friday so every week you have that a thousand dollars coming in and for you to like you know kind of maybe work less and instead of a thousand maybe you're getting 750 it almost feels like you're doing yourself a disservice or you're doing something negative. But then you can use that time to pursue what you really love to do. Yeah. And I know exactly what you mean how he got comfortable because that mindset is what I'm scared of. That's not what I want to fall victim to. Yeah. Because I've been working a 9 to 5 job that I don't love and that's because of the poor decisions I made in school and that's completely on me, which is fine. I get it. So I'm forced to work that job that I don't like. But once I start getting that, say for example, $1,000 per week, I don't want to feel like I'm trapped and I don't want to get comfortable to that wage. Yeah. And recently, you know, this is, it's a tough decision to give up money. And recently mm -hmm. I cut my hours down from 40 to 30 and I dropped down to part-time. And now I make 25% less salary, give or take, right? So it, it's very it's very difficult to go backwards because our mindset as human beings is we always want to progress. We always want to make more. We always want to get better. We always want the next best thing. And when you would tell someone, oh, I'm stepping down from full-time to part-time and now I'm only going to be making $750 instead of $1,000, they're going to say you're stupid, right? Like, why would you do that? But it's like, I, I get it if, if people don't want to do that and that's like completely fine. But on the flip side, like that guy you were talking about, he got so comfortable with what he's making, like you kind of lose the chance to chase your dream, yeah. right? And at the end of the day, we all only have one life, one year, exactly. you know, one life on this earth. So what do you want to do with your time? Like if, if you want to spend all your time just being comfortable, you know, being secure, having a nice, like perfect, you know exactly yeah. what you want and that's great, you, you know, right? But in the back of your mind, if you always have this dream or passion that you want to to pursue mm -hmm. and you never took the opportunity to go after it or at least try then you're going to have that regret in your mind you know your whole life and what happens if one day you wake up and you're 65 and you're like shit i wish i pursued that mu music career you can't get or something, that time right? back right and now you can't get that time back and it, it's hard right because i get it because finances unfortunately yeah. are a huge part of everyone's life because you know, everything is expensive yeah. we all have to eat we all need to afford our rent yeah. and all that kind of stuff but at the same time it's like sometimes you got to take that short-term suffering for long-term potential happiness yeah. right or at least that's the way that i i see it 
I think a lot, a lot of people are just afraid that because I guess say you're making two thousand dollars a month and you want to start your business, but you're afraid that oh I won't be able to make up that two thousand dollars that I'm making from my other job, right? So I feel like I feel like if you're if you put yourself in that position where you need to make that two thousand, you'll make it happen. Like you won't you won't let yourself starve. You won't let yourself like yes, exactly. It's just a grind though. Like you're gonna have to grind. You have to figure out how you're gonna make the two thousand. You gotta like do a lot of like creative thinking and planning. But I guess a lot of people are just too lazy or just don't want to go through that process and rather just have that nine to five, you know, it's safe, I'll just do it. I'm making 2000 already anyways. Mm -hmm. So let's just leave it alone, right? So it's really up to you, man. Cause I feel like if you really want to make that money outside of what you're doing now, I think you can. Oh, you, for you sure. You'll find yeah. ways, man. You'll find ways to make it and, and do what you want to do. You know what's interesting about that mindset? Mm -hmm. I feel like that mindset is passed on to us from our parents' generation. And I know you can relate to this now because I'm a new father, I have a daughter who's nine months old, and my mentality on life has completely changed because I'm not just living for myself and my wife, I'm now living for a human being that we've created that is a part of me. And you get this feeling in your heart that your, your daughter or your kid, you, you love them and you want the best for them. And as a parent, the very first thing you think of is safety. You want your kids to be safe, you want your kids to be secure, and you want your kids to be happy, right? So of course, parents will naturally want you know, your kids to go to school, get a good education, then go you know, join the you know, corporate world, get a safe job with benefits, vacation day, because you want your kids to be safe. Because naturally, as parents, in our instincts, that's what we want for them, right? But at the same time, that contradicts my beliefs in chasing your dreams and being creative. So even though for Tifa, like obviously I want her to be safe, yeah. but I don't want the mistake of forcing her to go down that path. Say for example, she does want to go down the path of academia or the path of a big corporation or whatever, fine, yeah. cool. But say for example, she does want to go down a path of creativity. I'm going to support that 100%. 100 percent i don't care if it's like a job that has an employment rate of two percent yeah. like if that's what she wants to do with her life I'm, I'm more concerned about her happiness than me feeling good that she's safe and secure financially you know what i mean it's hard because it, it contradicts it contradict you're contradicting yourself right because yeah. you want them to be safe and secure you don't want them to take risks yeah. but at the same time that's not what i believe I, I believe in taking risks to better your life, right? So you get into this like weird paradox as a new parent when you start to develop these beliefs. And, and I'm not saying our parents' mindsets are incorrect because obviously they live in a completely different era, completely yeah. different time. And now that we have the internet, the whole playing field for jobs and careers is completely different. And I feel like it's going to be more culturally accepted in the future to pursue those jobs outside of the norm. But I don't know, do you, do you have that same conflicting mindset that I have? Yeah, man, because I guess I grew up with whatever my parents taught me, right? So there's a lot of, it's a lot of mind block. There's a lot of stuff that's like whatever, I don't know, I feel like it affects a lot of my decisions and I feel like I had to break that, that block in order to be the person, like, in order to raise my kids the way I want to raise them, right? And with my parents, I don't know, a lot of the stuff they, like I, like I said, I don't blame them for the way they, they brought us up or the way they're thinking now. It's just because they lived in a different time. 
but it's just that I had to break down a lot of blocks in my head for for me to be able to parent my kids the way I want to, right? And like you said, I wanna I wanna support my kids whatever they want to do. If they want to be a chef, they wanna they wanna work the nine to five, they want or they wanna start a YouTube channel. Oh, I'm gonna support whatever they want, hundred percent. And I'm never gonna kind of like pressure them to do whatever I think is right, right? Because I feel like that's what my parents wanted me to do. They were like, oh, you should go to school and do computer engineering or computer science or something I'm like. Like, how do you know that's what I want to do, right? That's, yeah, that's exactly. Like, that's that's not really what I want to do. When you're 18 <laughs> yeah. as well, you got to yeah. know what you want to do with your life when you're 18. Exactly. And that was in my head. I'm like, okay, I guess I have to do this because my parents think that's good or maybe it'll make me more money later on. But it wasn't really what I wanted to do, right? And I wasted, what, a year, two years of college just because uh, I had to do whatever my parents wanted to do. And that's not what I want for my kids. If, my, if, if, if they want to take a year off to think about what they want to take in school, go ahead. If they feel like they don't need to go to school and do something else, I'll support it, right? I'll, I'll let them make the decision and we're, we're there to kind of like guide them and, and be mm -hmm. there, right? It's weird because say if Mills yeah. wants to pursue like a career in art, yeah. but say like the likelihood of him getting a job is very small, then of course you're going to be worried, right? Mm -hmm. But then at the same time, it's weird because if Mills decides to get like some type of job at a big top 500 company, then as a parent, you're going to feel kind of at ease because you're going to know, okay, Mills has sick days, Mills is going to have vacation days, you're going to have a pension, you're going to have all those things set up, but you're going to have these weird conflicting thoughts, right? And I feel like as a parent, we have to try to like balance our thoughts with our emotions, but also at the same time, incorporate our beliefs into that balance because it's not as simple as just be like, okay, Pick this university, gives yeah. you a great job, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Or even art. What if what if he doesn't like art yeah. five years from now? What if Mills That's... gets into something like archery? For it could be it could yeah. change completely because mm -hmm. of the age of our kids, right? Yeah. You never really know. Like look at us. Yeah. I never found videography yeah. until I was thirty-five years old. Mm -hmm. Like thirty-five. So I've been removed eighteen years from school. 18 years from high school yeah. until I found what I love. Like, that's crazy. Yeah, it took you a while, right? And I know that a lot of people figure out what they love a lot earlier, but, you know, for me, it took me forever. It took yeah. me so many years to figure out what that one thing was that I wanted to pursue, yeah. right? And as parents, I think we need to be mindful of that, that it could change, right? And you need to kind of just do your best to walk that line, you know, of balance and happiness. Yeah. And also making sure your kids are safe and secure, right? We, we're, we're supposed to be here to, to guide them, right? Yeah. I don't, I don't I, that's the way I feel. Like, I feel like we shouldn't say, oh, you have to go get into nursing or you have to become a doctor or whatever, right? I feel like we have to guide them. And if we feel like, oh, maybe, maybe that's, that is the wrong path. Maybe you should consider into this. Kind of like throw it into their head and let them kind of decide, right? And that's what I want to, that's how we want to raise our kids. We want to like kind of just be the guidance for them and, and kind of make sure that, I don't know, they're, they're trying different things. They're putting themselves in positions where they will succeed and be happy at the same time, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. you don't want to be doing, yeah, you don't want to be working at a, a big company, but like miserable. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Like, yeah, right? right? Like you're making a lot of money, 200000 a year, 300000 but like, but you're miserable. And like, I'd rather take less money doing something you love than be working at a job where you're miserable and just pissed off and mad all the time. <laughs> yeah, you know, what, you know what else is gross too is, pleasing other people yeah like i've seen parents where they brag and they boast that their kid is a doctor their child is a pharmacist you know what i mean they take so much pride and joy 
from their child that they've pursued this dream that their parents want. It wasn't yeah. their kid's dream. It was their yes. parents' dream. And they, they love the fact that their kid is successful in that way. But what if that wasn't their, their child's dream and their child was just trying to please their parents because they love their parents? Yeah. But at the same time, I don't want to do that as well. Like I might be, I might love content creation and YouTube. What if Tifa hates social media altogether? What if she completely hates it and wants nothing to do with it? Then I need to make sure that my own biases don't bleed into the way I raise her as a parent, right? And it's weird because I never think about these things before because I've only become a new parent this year. And my whole mentality on how I live my life is like evolving every single day. And it's always like changing in the way I think about things and the way I view the world is always like, it's always shifting every, every week. So it's always something a little bit different. And I find it so interesting how being, living for just yourself completely changes when you also live for your kids too, right? Yeah, man. Like having kids is like, this is definitely life changing. Having three kids is like congrats, bro. Congrats on Kobe man. life. Oh my gosh, man. It's just like a big, big change, man. Like everything we've done, like, like we got to move out. We got to get a new, like we got a new place. I had to get a new car. Like it's like this one, the third one was just life changing, man. I had to get the office just to keep everything separate. Yeah. It's, it's just, I don't know. But yeah, man, like, like I said, like if they want, like, I feel like it's okay for them to give up on, say like Mills was drawing for like 10 years but wants to do something different I feel like it's okay like it, it's okay to give up on your on what you're currently doing and pursue something else right and I guess it's scary for a lot of people because they're changing whatever you're doing currently but I think it's okay to be able to do that and I feel like as parents we should be supportive I think we just gotta support and guide them and help them in whatever way we can right? mm -hmm. true well said alright bro sounds good we just Ooh. did uh, over an hour Anything else you want to break down? Oh, uh, how are you sleeping? Um, a <laughs> little bit. I'm sleeping a little bit. <laughs> Not great sleep, but yeah, I'm, I'm getting more sleep than Mary, my wife. But <laughs> So I guess I'm lucky that way. Yeah, man. Well, I just got to do your best. Yeah, man. All right, bro. Thanks for doing uh, the live pod. It was awesome. It was a lot of fun. Hopefully this turns out good. So much better in uh, person and live. Yeah. So you can see your reaction. Yeah, I know. I definitely, we definitely got to do more live pods with you. Alright, so that's pretty much it. Thanks everyone for watching, and peace, 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 peace.